Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. Come on, somebody type in the comments, say, pour out revival in Jesus' name. So good. Well, hey, listen, today I'm excited to continue our series. We've been talking about how the fire makes us better. And we've been using the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We've been looking at it very forensically, verse by verse, concept upon concept, precept upon precept, and really allowing God to teach us how we can get through fiery situations. Listen, 2020 has been like a furnace, like a fiery furnace. I know all of us have felt the heat in some way, in some form. We felt the heat, whether it's because of the shutdown, whether it's because of the health crisis, or maybe a a financial crisis, or maybe a family issues. Things have really caused us to feel the heat. But I want to tell you, as the Bible prepares us, God is with us through the fire. And maybe you felt frustration over how things are going on around this world. But let me tell you something. We need to stay strong. We need to stay committed, stay focused, because the fire is not to break us. The fire is set to make us. We who are believers know that God never wastes a crisis, but God, we got to see Christ in the crisis. Come on, somebody. And we got to say, God, develop me, produce in me what you want us to become. So today, I'm actually going to look at a very powerful piece of scripture where we're going to jump to the New Testament here. I'm going to be illustrating from the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of Daniel chapter 3. So if you just want to remember that, Daniel chapter 3, if you join us for the first time, go back to our YouTube channel. You can binge watch all our previous messages about how God takes us through the fire. What I want to look at today is I want to talk about how to begin to allow God to increase the fire of God in you so that the fire in you will be greater than the fire around you. Because the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is they weren't afraid of the heat because they were on fire for God and they knew God would be with them. So we're going to look at a piece of scripture in 2 Timothy, uh, chapter number 1, verse 6 and 7. And I'm going to talk to you today about making the fire greater in you. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to press the share button. If you're watching on Facebook, I do this all the time, but it's necessary because we need to share the gospel. How many know the world needs the gospel, more of the good news, not so much of the fake news? Come on, somebody. So here's what I want you to do. If you're watching on Facebook, I want you to press that share button. Just click the share button, share with all your friends, and just tell them, join with me for church. If you're watching on YouTube, grab the link, text some friends and say, hey, join me for church today. God has a word for us and let's spread the word and let's just get the word out there so that people can hear who, uh, about Jesus. Like I said, we got people logging in online, people from Elk Grove, California. I just saw right now from Wichita, from Kansas City, Wisconsin, uh, Canada, people of New York. And so let's spread the word of God and let's let the good news of Jesus begin to encourage people. We're going to talk about today about increasing the fire in you. Second Timothy chapter number one, verse six and seven. Let's read this together. Uh, they're going to put a link on the comment section there and you can uh, get the notes to my message so you can follow along with us. But here's how the Bible reads. Paul the apostle is going to write to Timothy about becoming who God called him to be. And I know as you're watching this, you've got a sense of destiny on your life. So I want you to listen intently because here's what Paul says and here's what the Bible would say to us. This is what the Lord says in verse, uh, verse number six. He says, this is why I remind you. Someone say, he's reminding me. He's reminding me. He said, I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands 
on you. We still believe in the power of impartation there. He says, Paul says, fan into flames the gift of God that is in you. In other words, God put a gift in you. God put something in your life. It's a spark, but God wants you to increase that fire for God so that you can go forward. Now watch verse 7. Paul's then going to break down how what we got to extinguish so that we can increase and be more on fire for God. Verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline, or a sound mind. And what I love about these scriptures is Paul is talking about how to be on fire for God. Let me say this. During this season, some people, you started on fire for God back in the beginning of the year, and now the fire has dwindled down. But I'm going to declare that today we're going to get you back on fire for God. You're going to increase the fire, and you're going to see God do something great through your life. We're going to overcome whatever has been trying to overcome you in Jesus' name. So I'm going to talk about today, the title of my message is Making the Fire in You Greater Than the Fire Around You. Making the Fire in You Greater Than the Fire Around You. Let's pray one more time. Father, I thank you this morning because we are ready to hear from you, God. All week long, we hear different voices. We read different things and so much tries to bombard us. The enemy tries to lie to us. But I pray that for this next, next moments that we have together, you speak to us, God. We remove every distraction. We remove every, every other voice and we focus straight on you. God, let your holy word minister to us and give me the grace to teach your holy word to your holy people that we may increase the fire of God in our lives. Fan into flames the gift of God that is in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody says, amen. So good, so good. Give me some fire emojis there in the comment section. Come on, just put some fire emojis and say, I'm gonna be on fire for God. Just say that, I'm gonna be on fire for God. Let's go. Now, we've been studying, like I mentioned to you, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter three. And one of the things that, that we've noticed is that they weren't afraid of the furnace. When, you know, as, as the story goes, and again, um, go, go back and, and you can follow with us. So I'm just kind of adding to the thought that we've been on the series here. But in Daniel chapter three, the king essentially said, if you don't bow down and worship this false God, we're going to throw you into the fire. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were not afraid of the fire. They weren't afraid of the heat. They weren't afraid of the furnace because I believe that they had a fire greater in them than the fire that was around them. I think this is one of the key characteristics for a believer is when a believer is truly on fire for God. And what distinguishes a believer, stay with me here, of being on fire for God is when you are surrounded by a fiery situation that you're not afraid of the fires, so to speak, the trials. When I say fires, I'm not talking about physical fires, although pray for California, we've been going through some fires. But I'm talking about, you know, the fiery trials, the difficulties, the disappointments, the discouragements, the frustrations. That When we go through the, the metaphorical fires around us, that external fire doesn't, doesn't put us in fear because we got a greater fire on the inside. We recognize that, man, I know that God is with me and nothing that comes against me is greater than the one who's in me. If God is for me, as I like to say, who cares who's against me? I think this is a very key characteristic. It's a believer who says, 
even when things are, are metaphorically burning all around me, my, even though things are burning around my life, I'm not going to let my faith burn down. But I'm going to stand my ground and I'm going to be committed to the God that I know can save me from anything that I go through. Now, the sign of a true believer is one who recognizes this. Now, in this season, I just want to throw this out there. These are the type of people you need to hang out with. You need to hang out with the type of people that they, rec- that they are able to be on fire for God even when things are on fire around them. When things around them, the heat is on. These are the type of believers that you need to hang around because they're the ones that will encourage you. They're the ones that will help you. They're the ones that will pray for you. They're the ones that will uh, help you to overcome and be all who God created you to be. Now, when we recognize this, we look at this because there are some situations that People start on fire for God, but as they progress, I've seen it, they go through a fiery trial, then they are not on fire for God. Where the fiery trial drenched the fire that was in them. But I believe that we need to, more than ever right now, have our fire for God be increased at the highest level. That in these moments, we got to say, no, I'm not going to let the fire around me be greater than the fire that God has put in me. Because here's how God works in our life. Listen to me now. God puts you in places according to his purpose, not our preferences. I'll say it again. God puts you in places, not according to your, pref- not according to your preferences, but according to his purpose. And God lets us go because he wants us to show the world, again, like I said, that we are believers that still worship him in the fire. Now, this was true about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and I want this to be true about your life and about our lives of how God can begin to develop us. Now, the picture, let me go to the scriptures we just read in 2 Timothy. What we read here is Paul the Apostle tells tells. Timothy, he says, I want you to fan into flame the gift of God that is in you. What Paul was trying to tell Timothy is he was saying, listen, when, 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 when things get heated, that's the moment I want you to fan into flame the gift of God that is in you. And the picture here is that God put a spark inside of Timothy and he says, and when, when things get heated, I want you to begin to fan that thing and to begin to grow the gift of God that is in you. In other words, don't let it blow out your fire. Use that to increase the fire, increase the gift that God has put uh, inside of you. Now, uh, best analogy I can give you with this is uh, growing up, y'all don't know nothing about this. Maybe some of you barbecuers do, but back in the day, we didn't have no electric, you know, starting barbecues and gas and propane. Back in the day, we used to just have to put coal in the barbecue. And you get the, you know, the match light barbecue, you throw it in there. And, and I remember we have to rip a piece of cardboard. Come on, talk to me. And, and you rip a piece of cardboard and then you have to put, you know, maybe a match in there and you put like some lighter fluid. And then like, you just be like this, you know, you have to keep blowing it, blowing it, blowing it, you know, and, and you have to keep doing that. So the fire would be greater and your, your arm would be all sore. You just have to keep, ah, you know, and you have to keep fanning that thing into a flame. And that's kind of the picture that Paul is saying to Timothy. He's like, listen, When you got saved, 
when you got prayed for, when you began 2020, when you started in January, when you started, you know, finally you started serving God, finally you started reading your Bible, you finally logged in online, you finally went through growth track, you finally joined the dream team, you finally actually started praying, you finally prayed with your family. He's like, God put a spark in your life. And what he's saying, he's saying, Timothy, even in the midst of difficulty, this is the time where you gotta metaphorically rip a piece of cardboard off and you gotta fan into flame the gift of God that is in you and not let the enemy blow out your fire. Because right now, there is an enemy at work that is trying to blow out your fire. There is an enemy that's trying to, you know, over, uh, trying to, uh, you know, uh, blow out, trying to extinguish the fire of God that is in your life. But you got to say, no, I'm going to fan into flame the gift of God that is in me. Now, there are two things a fire needs for it to grow. Write these down. These are not your first two points, but just write these down. There are two things every fire needs to grow. Number one, every fire needs oxygen. Okay. Every fire needs oxygen. And number two, every fire needs a fuel. Every fire needs a fuel. So every fire needs an oxygen and every fire needs fuel. So how are you going to help your fire grow or fan into flame in this season? You got to make sure you're breathing oxygen into your fire. Now, here's a great parenting tip really quick. Parents, make sure that you are breathing oxygen into your children. Make sure that you are breathing into the fire of each other. This is why you gotta get tuned in online. This is why you gotta be in church and this is why you gotta be in your word because the greatest oxygen we can bring into our spirit is the life, the word of God, the pneuma, the Holy Spirit, the wind of God. It's God breathing upon our lives. This is why you gotta make sure that you have the right oxygen into your fire to help it grow and to help it become an even greater fire. And this is why we gotta encourage one another. Just throw this in there. Why we got to make sure that we are, when you open your mouth, you know, oxygen, you're opening it. You got to make sure that you are releasing that oxygen. You are releasing encouragement to each other. In fact, did you know this, that you can increase the fire in your marriage just by releasing better words of oxygen into your marriage? Stop extinguishing your marital fire. Build your marital fire. Come on, somebody. You know, we can release oxygen into our kids to help them become all that God created them to be. That Let's, let's not drown their fire. Let's not cool off their fire. Let's build their fire and let's help them get even greater. Now, the second thing I told you every fire needs is a fuel source. Every fire needs fuel. You got to have some type of fuel, whether it's wood, whether it's coal, whether it's, you know, a lighter fluid, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, gasoline, whatever, gasoline. You, every fire needs a fuel source, right? Whether it's propane, it needs a fuel source. Well, in the spirit, it's the same. You need a fuel source that will increase your fire. And what's the fuel source? Your fuel source is going to be worship. What's your fuel source? Your fuel source is going to be, you know, prayer. What's your fuel source? It's going to be serving. What's your fuel source? It's going to be a getting into a place where you're fasting and you're seeking God, especially during this time. You're saying, I need to put more wood into the fire. You know, when I got saved and I gave my life to God, man, I gave my life to God in February 16, 1997. And I got saved in February, got baptized in water in March, and then I got baptized in the Holy Spirit by April. And, 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 and let me just tell you, here's what the Bible says in Matthew's gospel, chapter three and verse 11. He says it like this. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me, one comes who is even more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with what? With fire. And what I'm telling you, you need fuel in your life. You need to begin right now to ask the Holy Spirit to baptize you. Begin to ask the Holy Spirit to fill your home, to fill your mind, to fill your, your computer screen, to fill your television, to fill your, li 
living room and say, God, begin to fill me with the Holy Spirit. I need some more fuel on my fire. Now, what I had to do when I got saved, though, is I had to add my own wood to the fire. I had to seek God. I always say this, but you have as much as God, as much of God as you want. I'll say it again. You have as much of a God, you have as much of God as you want. If you're going to grow in this season, you got to learn how to add wood, spiritual wood to your fire. That's what I had to do. I knew that if I was going to grow my walk with God, I've been saved 23 years. I knew that then I have to add wood to my spiritual fire so that I can grow closer to God and become who he's calling me uh, to become and go forward to the things that God has for me. Now, what's so powerful about us fanning into flame the gift of God is that when we fan to flame the gift of God in our lives, it creates a light for others and, my, and your fire will create a warmth for others. Just write that down somewhere. When you're on fire for God, and this is why we need you on fire for God, dad. This is why we need you on fire for God, mom. This is why we need you on fire for God, young person. This is why we need you on fire for God, believer. We can't have no lukewarm Christians in this season. I'm preaching now. We can't have no lukewarm Christians, no people that are trying to hide their fire or trying to cool down. We need believers right now that as the Bible says, are the burning ones, are the called out ones. We need you on fire for God. Why? Because fire produces is light and fire produces heat. And we need you to be the light of the world right now. We need the church to be the ones that are making it warm in this dark, cold world. When people are offended, they're in each other's necks, at each other's throats. Or the, the nation is polarized. People are accusing each other. It's crazy out there. We need the believers to be so on fire for God that we create a warmth in our homes, that we create a warmth in our marriages, we create a warmth in our surroundings, that when you show up, the fire of God just shows up. When you show up to the hospital, the fire of God just showed up. When you show up to, when you come home from work, the fire of God just showed up. When you're talking to your kids, the fire of God is right there. That's why the Bible says, my God is an all-consuming fire. And you know the ones that are close to God because they're not cold or lukewarm, but they're on fire for God. Why? Because fire produces light and it produces heat. Come on, somebody. It's amazing to me that how God will use a person who's on fire for God and how the devil will use the same person who's not on fire for God. They become those that cool down others. You see, we in this season need to have the fire of God in our lives in Jesus' name. I like how 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 11, it says it like this. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just at, just as in fact you are doing. Did you know that when you're on fire for God, your fire will be contagious to somebody else? When you're on fire for God, your warmth is contagious and it helps somebody else's fire begin to get, get lit. You begin to raise that level of fire in that room when you're on fire. And the Bible says, encourage one another. Write this down. What is celebrated is repeated. What's celebrated is repeated. And let me say a quick, quick point to all the business owners and managers out there. Make sure that you're not one of those Christian owners or Christian managers that, that the only thing you point out is what people do is wrong. Celebrate what they do is right. Encourage them. Build them to become who they're called to be. Parents, don't be the type of parent that the only time they hear from you is when you're disciplining them. Encourage them and, and bring the warmth. Let your fire encourage and increase their fire. Now, you say, well, pastor, I would do that if they didn't do so much, you know, 
dumb things, okay? Listen, they, I know they might do some things that are foolish, but the Bible says that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. As parents, we gotta expect them to do that, but we gotta parent them and say, hey, let me show you how to do that right. Let me show you how to do that better. Let me show you how to, how, let me show you how to overcome that. A lot of our conversations are reactionary when they should be, uh, we should have those conversations beforehand. And if you prepare your children, Encourage them to become who God called them to be. Someone say, warm up someone. Come on. In fact, look at someone and say, be a little warmer. Come on, say, just hey, be a little warmer. Come on, don't be, so, don't be so hardcore. Let's go. So we need to make sure that we're doing that. Now, I want to talk to you here. I'm going to transition here. But I want to talk to you about things that kill your fire, okay? And I'm going to name off some things because in this season, of course, there are things that will increase your fire. But I want to start with, you know, I'm going to give you what will increase your fire. But I want to start here with some things that, I see in our current day culture that are killing people's fire for God. And if you see some of these, I want you to identify them in your life. Because like I said, in this season, we need believers to be on fire for God. To begin to increase their passion, their, their zeal for the Lord. As, as Jesus even said, zeal for your house has consumed me. God baptized me with the Holy Spirit and with fire. But the Bible actually shows us in 2 Timothy what drowns people's fire. And I'm going to show it to you here, but 2 Timothy chapter 1, let's read verse 6 and 7. Then I'll give you your first point of what kills fire. The Bible says, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Watch verse 7. Notice he says, for God has not given you a spirit of fear. So notice right when, when Paul, the Bible says, fan into flame the gift of God, the following verse he says, God didn't give us a spirit of fear. Because what usually kills people being on fire for God is fear. Write that down. Fear. Point number one. What is one of the seven things that kill our that will kill our fire? Number one is fear. Fear usually is what stops people's fire from growing and materializing into who God is calling them to be. And in this season, listen to me, there is a demonic spirit of fear that is being released over America. It's being released over the world. Now, of course, Let's be cautious. But I think a lot of times fear disguises itself as caution. Now, I'm not saying don't be cautious, don't misinterpret my sermon here. Of course, be safe. But I'm not living in fear. A very, there's a big difference with guarding and living in fear. And you have to recognize that in this season is have I regressed and am I living in fear? And I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to kind of, I want to uh, discern for you if it's fear or caution. And here's how you know. One of the top ways you know, and let me just define what fear is, but fear is a spirit. Fear is not a, a, a human emotion because the Bible said, for God has not given you a spirit of fear. So the Bible is revealing to you that fear is not just an, a human emotion, Fear is a spirit. And we got to be, know as believers who know how to properly handle spiritual warfare that when fear tries to show up and intimidate my faith, that I, don't, I, can't, I can't reason with the spirit. I've got to cast out demonic spirits and take authority. That my mind will not live in fear. My home won't be in fear. My future won't be in fear. But I'm going to live from a place of faith. I don't worship out of fear. I don't pray out of fear. I pray out of faith out of believing that my God can and my God will. Say amen. 
So let's, let's define that fear is a spirit. It's not Pastor Josiah's definition. That's the Bible. We just read the verses. So you got to recognize when this spirit shows up to your home. you got to recognize when the spirit shows up to your children, when a spirit shows up to your grandchildren, when the spirit shows up trying to intimidate you. This is a metaphorical Goliath that tries to intimidate God's people. So let's go back. How do you, I know I'm talking fast, but I got seven points. I don't know what I was thinking, but y'all know me. I'm just trying to prepare and trying to preach here. But listen to me. This is why you got to recognize when it's fear. And how do you know it's fear? Because fear tries to blow out your fire for God. I'll say it again. Fear tries to blow out your fire for God. And you got to recognize that if, if during this whole, you know, crazedemic, come on somebody, bunch of stuff going on, you know, if you're operating out of fear, and how do you know if you're operating out of fear? Is you got to be honest with yourself and say, did it blow out my fire for God? And what's even more detrimental about fear is fear will make you blow out your own candle. I'll say it again. Fear will make you blow out your own candle. That you actually say, no, God ain't going to bring us out of this one. No, I don't think it'll ever go back to how it used to be. I don't know, man. I don't even know if I can trust God anymore. You just, you blow out your own candle. Yeah, I don't know if I'll ever see God move the way he did. You just, you blow out your own candle and you're living in fear and you're not, you can't, and you can't, you know, place yourself in a, in a, in a, in a, in a place of faith. Now, fear is the opposite of faith. Okay, doubt is not the opposite of faith. Fear is the opposite of faith because faith causes you to move forward Fear causes you to step back. Here's how else you know if you operate out of spirit of fear. When's the last time you prayed for somebody? When's the last time you shared the gospel? When's the last time you actually shared your testimony to an unbeliever? When's the last time you invited somebody to church? Are you, are you well, I don't know if God can do it. You gotta get out of the spirit of fear. Nothing great was ever accomplished for God living out of fear. We've got to live out of a spirit of faith. The Bible actually even says like this very strongly. It says that whatever's not birthed out of faith is sin. I'm not gonna birth anything out of my life out of fear. I'm not gonna birth any decision out of fear. I'm not gonna make any, any type of, uh, of, of, of uh, you know, commitment out of fear. I only make things that are birthed out of faith. And I'm, I'm talking to somebody right now who needs to hear this right now. Don't you make a, temp, a, a, a permanent decision based on a temporary emotion called fear because this, this whole crazedemic, this pandemic is gonna disappear. And I'm gonna tell you what's gonna stay forever. The Bible says the word of God, heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word of God shall endure forever. And God, I know that you put me in this place, not for my preference, but for your purposes, that you got a purpose for my life. And I'm not gonna operate out of a spirit of fear, but I'm gonna operate out of a spirit of faith. Can I get an amen? In fact, put it in the comment section and say, I'm gonna make decisions out of faith and not fear in Jesus' name. Recognize the fear. Maybe you're saying right now, I'll never graduate college or I'll never be used by God or I'll never figure out this person. You know, don't play small. Let God use your life. Number two, what also causes people's fire to burn out is pride. And so if you're prideful in this, in this, in this time, let me read Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18 it says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit 
before a fall. And in this season, how do you know you're being prideful? Is are you putting your trust in God or are you putting your trust in yourself? You know, are, 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 you, you, are you recognizing that there are weaknesses that need to be worked on? And here's the problem with pride. The Bible says that pride was a sin that Satan had in heaven. And the danger about pride, listen to me now, is this. Pride doesn't work on your weaknesses. Pride massages your strengths. Say it again. Pride doesn't work on your weaknesses. Pride massages your strengths and makes you unaware of your weaknesses. Pride will show up to you and be like, you're the bomb. You're fine. You're okay. You got nothing wrong. It's all good. Matter of fact, you don't even need this sermon. You should turn it off and just watch the football game. That's not important. It, he, he don't, need, don't listen to that guy. You know more than that guy who's preaching. You know, he, and pride massages your ego. It massages your, your intellect. It massages your strengths to where you tend to think that you don't need nobody. You don't need no word. You don't need no prayer. You don't need no, no encouragement. You don't need no, no community. And it's pride. And what the devil is doing, he massages your pride. And the Bible says that pride goes before destruction because you think you're better than you really are not. And because you're prideful, you won't deal with the weaknesses in your life because you think your strengths overcome your weaknesses. But a true believer, come on, I'm talking, I'm preaching to somebody. A humble believer knows that in my weaknesses, God has made strong. That yeah, God may have given me some gifts, but I'm not going to let pride make me realize that I don't need to humble myself in worship, humble myself in prayer, humble myself in seeking God in this season because I am someone that needs God. It's like people that say, oh, you know, oh, you just need God because God, God is a crutch. Yeah. I need God. You don't recognize, I, I know what Josiah can do without God and I know how I can screw up my marriage. I know how I can screw up my family. I'll screw up my future. I will mess up every decision. I need to rely on God. I'm not prideful enough to say I don't need no help. No, I'm humble enough to say, man, pray for me. Encourage me. I need to ask God for wisdom. I need to ask God how to handle my situations. Come on, somebody. Anybody, are you tracking with me? Just write in the comment section, I need God. And that's the most humble situation you can make in Jesus' name. Number three, what causes people's fire to go out? Oh, this one I got a lot to talk about. The third thing that causes people's fire to go out is offense. Woo, we live in an offended world right now. Everybody seems to be offended. Everybody's mad at something. I'm mad at you. I'm mad at you. Come on. Everybody's mad right now. Offense makes people's fire for God go out. It causes people that, that, that I'm just going to tell you the truth. I've been pastoring now, you know, uh, for 12 years and, and I've been saved for nearly almost 25 years. And, and let me tell you something. I have seen people start out on fire for God, then get offended. <laughs> They're on fire for God, worshiping. I love you, Jesus. Awesome, Lord. My Bible, the word. I'm at the altar crying, loving, tithing, serving, all out for God. And then... They get offended because of a person. Somebody rubbed them the wrong way or an event took place or something the, the pastor said. Not Pastor Josiah, Pastor Brian and Pastor Louie. Just kidding, come on somebody. <laughs> something the pastor said. You know, I don't agree with that sentence. Uh, he didn't say hi to me or someone took my chair or they didn't hear me out and, and they get offended. And because of one or two events, they throw away their whole fire for God. In other words, they hinge their whole fire for God on some human reaction. They hinge their whole passion and commitment because of a human reaction. Listen to me, please, and listen to me dearly. Man will always uh, fail. 
because they're humans. I'm not here to preach that people are perfect. No, they are imperfect people. And if you're gonna maintain your fire for God, then you gotta live out Colossians 3 where the Bible says make an allowance for other people's faults. You gotta recognize, man, someone's gonna say something foolish, someone's gonna do something, but I'm gonna make a decision that I'm not gonna live offended and let somebody's, someone's, someone offend me to where it drowns out my fire and now I can't even worship right because they're in the room and they might know they did this to me and they ain't right, Lord, and get them and I can't even pray with a pure heart and I can't even you know, listen to the sermon with a pure heart and you can't even attend church with a pure heart. Why? Because offense is a robber. And you got to recognize that I'm not going to let it drown out my fire and I am going to fulfill the call of God on my life. Offense will create distance in your life. Offense creeps into marriages. I'll talk about that in a second, but more importantly, it creeps into your walk with God. Let's just start there. You see, if you're going to fulfill the call of God on your life, you have got to learn how to get over offense. You gotta learn. Here's what the Bible says in, in Luke chapter 17 and verse one. This, this is what Jesus says. Someone say Jesus said. He says, then he said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they come. Jesus is saying, listen to me now. Let's go, let's get into the word here. Jesus says it's impossible that offenses should not come to you. What he's saying is, in other words, it is a biblical fact that you will be offended at some point. Are you encouraged this morning? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Amen, pastor, I receive it. I'm going to be offended at some time. Come on, man. It is a biblical fact. God says it's impossible that you won't. In other words, you're going to get offended. Sometime, at some point, someone's going to get on your nerves. Someone's going to rub you the wrong way. Someone's going to say something out of line. Someone's going to do something that they, that not going to do something they promised they were going to do. Someone's going to, you know, have a different viewpoint than you. Jesus is like, at some point, you will be offended. At some point, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna say something crazy. That's what Jesus is saying. And I'm just talking, that, I, that's just your marriage. Come on, somebody. Just kidding. Come on, somebody. <laughs> that's just your children, right? At some point, it's going to happen. And what the Bible is saying is you can't escape it. You can't pray your way out. I pray I'm never offended. I can't avoid it, but I can choose to deal with it. You see, doing the will of God, someone will offend you, but you got to recognize that these are reasons when that happens is to never allow an imperfect person to keep you from the perfect will of God. I'll say it again. Never allow an imperfect person to keep you from the perfect will of God. You gotta say, God, you got a perfect will for me. God, I know that there's a fire in me that is gonna increase in the season and I'm not gonna let no level of offense keep me away from the things that God has for me. You know, right now, like I said, there's a lot of offended people out there that are like, well, I think they should have done this and they probably should have done it that way and they probably should have, you know, how church this way and they probably, you know what? Don't live in a place of offense. Say, I'm gonna live in a place of forgiveness. I'm gonna live in a place of worship. I'm I'm going to place and I'm going to be on fire for God. And I know there are imperfect people, but I am going to still serve the perfect will of God. Because I know this is hard to believe, but you watching this, you're not perfect either. <laughs> See, what happens is sometimes we put people to a standard that we sometimes don't even hold ourselves to. So we expect other people to always be perfect and always say the right thing and always do the right stuff. But when it comes to our life, if we don't do it, we're like, hey, come on, be easy on me. 
we need to say, nah, man, I got to share the same grace that I want on my life. I'm going to share that to somebody else. Can I get an amen? Come on. You can say amen. You can say, ouch. So true. Come on, somebody. It's when you recognize that I'm going to extend the same grace that I want in my life. Stay focused and watch God do something in your life. The word offense here, real quick. I got so much to say about offense. This is one of, I love talking about this subject because I've seen more people more people lose their fire for God, not because of Satan, but because of offense. Offense. Derail, it derails their destiny. And they let an imperfect situation take them out of the perfect will of God. The Greek word for offense is the Greek word scandalon. And it literally means a trap. It means a stumbling block that sets you into a trap. Kind of like a bear trap that just, that's what offense is. So you've got to recognize that if you're offended, you're actually in a bear trap right now. And what's going to take place is you get trapped and you get stuck in life. That's why a lot of marriages are trapped by offense. A lot of families are trapped by offense. A lot of friendships are trapped by offense. And that's why, uh, 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 that's why offense always brings separation. Because you're trapped in a moment of time. You're trapped in a moment of hurt. You're trapped in a moment of just bitterness. And the world's moving forward, but you're trapped there. And division will ultimately, and distance will ultimately bring destruction to your future. So that's that's why a lot of marriages will say things like this. How do we even get here? How do we even get to this place? I don't remember how we even got here. It's because distance was created. You'll get to that place in your walk with God. You're like, how did I ever get to the place where I'm not even excited about going to church? I can't even worship. It's because you're trapped in a moment of offense. And you got to recognize that did the offense hurt? Yes. But let me tell you what's going to hurt even more is you staying offended. Because offense is getting hurt. Being offended is living in that hurt. Two different things. So yes, I may something might have happened in my life, but I'm not going to live offended. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to break the stronghold of Satan that is trying to trap my life, trap my marriage, and drown the fire of God in my life. And I'm going to I'm going to forgive freely as I've been forgiven. I'm going to worship. I'm going to sow. I'm going to serve. I'm going to share the gospel. I'm going to share my testimony. I'm going to invite somebody to the house of God. And I'm not going to be brother bitter or sister sandpaper. I'm going to live free in the power of Jesus name. Come on somebody. Shout amen. Just tell someone I'm going to live free in Jesus name. I'm going to finish this outline today. I'm almost done. Stay with me. Overlooking offense always makes you the winner, not the loser. Just know that. Always makes you the winner and not the loser. Let me move on. Number four. I got seven points. What was I thinking, Pastor Marie? Pray for you. Pray for you. Pray for your boy. All right. Number four. Write this down. What kills your fire is discouragement. It kills your fire. You got to make sure that if you're in a place of discouragement, that you learn how to seek out encouragement for yourself. Stop waiting for the phone to ring. Stop waiting for someone to magically and, and text you. Stop waiting for someone to drop off Uber Eats at your house. You've got to learn that if you're in a place of discouragement, you got to learn how to seek out encouragement for yourself. The same way you know how to seek out a ham sandwich when you're hungry, you got to learn how to seek out encouragement when I'm hungry. Can I get a better amen? Come on, somebody. Because I will say, oh man, I'm discouraged and nobody brought me, no one came and brought me encouragement. Is that what you say when you're hungry? Man, I was hungry and no one brought me a ham sandwich. Come on, somebody. Go get yourself to the Chick-fil-A drive-thru. <laughs> anyway, and get yourself what you need to get. Get yourself encouragement. You got to do what, what, what David did in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 6. I'm talking about how to increase your fire. I'm talking about how to fan into a flame. I'm talking about how we need believers on fire for God in 2020 going into 2021. Come on, somebody. 
1 Samuel 30 verse 6 says, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But David, watch this last sentence, underline it. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David got wood and put it onto his own fire in the difficult day. They're going to come a time that you can't wait for somebody else to praise God for you. You got to go when life squeezes me, praise is going to come out of me. I'm going to learn how to encourage myself even when everybody lets me down. Your spouse might have let you down. Your best friend might have let you down. Your dog even might have ran away. But I am going to encourage myself. I'm going to learn to get a hold of God myself. I'm going to learn to pray heaven down myself in Jesus' name. Tell someone, encourage yourself in Jesus' name. This is how you, I'm trying to help you. This is what I've learned to do is I've learned to say my level of encouragement is not based upon someone magically giving me encouragement. I'm going to go seek it out. I'm going to go find it. I'm going to encourage myself. This doesn't mean that I'm only saying, Josiah, you're the bomb. Josiah, don't sweat it. You're the bomb. No, no. Encourage yourself means I'm going to go find encouragement. So I will go seek out a word from God in the Bible. I will get on my knees and pray. I will turn up the worship music a little bit louder and say, I'm going to encourage myself right now and I'm going to get it just to pray and seek God. Come on, somebody. Say amen. So encourage yourself. Number five. What number am I on? Five. What kills people's fire? No prayer life. Prayer life is your intimacy that will help your fire grow like i told you fire needs two things to grow it needs oxygen and it needs fuel when you pray prayer is not just you talking to god but it's god talking to you and when god begins to speak to you oxygen because to come onto your fire prayer is a two-way line so it's not just that you need prayer because you need to talk to god no you need to pray because you need to hear from god You need to put yourself in a place that turns off your phone, that turns off the television, that turns off all the distraction. And you need to put yourself in a prayer room. Why? Not because maybe you're like, I don't know what to pray because I don't know what to say. Maybe God doesn't want you to say anything. Maybe God says, I actually want to talk to you. I want to breathe oxygen onto your fire. I want to breathe fuel onto your fire. You want to get on fire for God? Get in a prayer room. Let God give you a vision and you'll be so on fire for God because God spoke to you a word that ain't Nothing could stop you. Come on, somebody. So get into a prayer life. I'll say it like this. You know I love you, okay? I love pastoring you, but I, I, you know, sometimes I got to give you a little, ooh, all right? A little, ooh. If you're too busy to pray, you're too busy. Period. Man, I'm just so busy. I don't got no time to pray. You're too busy. And, and listen to me. You're going to burn out. You're going to burn out. Your fire's dwindling. And you got like two coals in the fire. And you're trying to keep your whole family warm. But your level of prayer life can't keep your whole family warm right now. The size, let me put it to you like this because I like speaking destiny. The size of your future requires more fuel in your prayer life. And it cannot fuel the engine of the caboose of your life with two coals. You need to, you need to increase in this season the level of prayer because you need it to fuel you into next, next levels of your life. Life is lived on levels, by the way. It's lived on levels. And there are seasons where you're going on a level. 
And sometimes there's a hill that you've got to climb and you've got to learn how to bring that fire to get you over the hill and get you to the place where God wants to take you. Come on, say amen. So our prayer life, prayer kindles the fire of God in your life. Something else that will kill the fire in your life is no new challenges. Some of you, the reason why your fire for God has dwindled because you haven't challenged yourself in new places. You're living too comfortable. Come on, somebody. You're getting too comfortable to the couch watching church. Hey, I'm preaching now. You're getting too comfortable on online church. You need to get out of your comfort zone. Maybe you need to join our dream team and be part of our online campus dream team and start praying for people on the online campus. Shout out to our prayer partners who are on our online campus praying for people right now. Maybe you need to join our online campus team. Maybe you need to start challenging yourself. Maybe you need to start, you know, uh, uh, thinking of new, uh, uh, joining a new ministry. Maybe you to start learning something new. Maybe you just need to start praying for someone, sharing your testimony. You need a new challenge. Maybe you need to start tithing. You need a new challenge. You need, maybe you need to start give, offering. Maybe you need to get heart for the house. You need to say, I'm going to challenge myself and watch God begin to increase the fire in your life. Maybe you need to start Bible college. Maybe you need to, come on, somebody share this well. Maybe you need to go to Grow Track. Give yourself a new challenge in this season and watch the fire of God grow in your life. Number seven, what else will kill your fire is no rest. Some of you, you're, you're, you're exhausted. That's because you have no rest. The Bible says, and the Lord made the Sabbath day holy and the Lord rested. It wasn't because God needed rest, because God was laying a pattern for you. You need to learn how to rest. Some of you, the reason your fire has dwindled, it's exhausted, is because you're not resting. You can't work seven days a week. Well, no, I need to work. I need to work every day, every day, every day, every day. Listen to me. Be like Chick-fil-A. Hey, now. I don't, know if, I don't know if working six days a week works. You know number one selling chicken sandwiches? Chick-fil-A. They're closed on Sunday. Closed on Sunday. Yo, my Chick-fil-A. Come on, somebody. <laughs> They're closed on Sunday. Listen to me now. They're closed on Sunday. God blesses Chick-fil-A to sell more chicken sandwiches in six days than other companies can do in seven days. So don't tell me, God bless Chick-fil-A. God, you know, they're Christian, right? True and Kathy, they're, they're Christian family. And God blessed them for being closed on Sundays. And I think uh, they laid out, I remember someone told me, they said, do you know how, many, how much money they're losing out on by being closed on Sundays? I correct that person, no, you don't get it. You don't know how much God blesses them for being closed on Sundays. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. So what am I telling you? You want your fire for God to grow? Learn to rest. You got to take a day, whatever day it is, make it a, a Sabbath day. It can be during the week or, you know, if you happen to work weekends, but you got to take a moment to say, hey, this is a moment I just need to chill. I need to do, I need to read my word. I need to pray. I need to hang out with my family. I need to just, you know, enjoy the creation of God. Enjoy the fruit of your labor. Enjoy the wife of your youth or the wife of, as you get older. Come on, somebody, just enjoy your friends in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I got one thing of what grows your fire. Now, before I say this one thing that grows your fire, there are a lot of things that grow your fire. I told you the seven things that will kill your fire, but here's what will grow your fire. I said this one thing because, listen to me, if you do this one thing, everything else falls inside of it. Everything else falls inside of it. Worship, prayer, fast, everything, serve, give, all that. Here's the one thing you need to do that will grow your fire and I want you to leave with. I wanted to make it simple so it's not like, whoa, there's a lot of things I gotta do to grow my fire. No, here's, it, it, here it is. I'm not saying it's easy, I'm just telling you it's simple. But here's what grows your fire. Number one, write this down. The number one thing is obeying God's word. That's it. That's it. You want the fire of God to grow in your life? You wanna make it through the most fiery times? 
You wanna see the hand of God come upon your life? You wanna be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath? You wanna see God make you the lender, not the bar? You wanna see God bring a generational blessing instead of a generational stronghold in your life? Obey God's word. This is the most important thing you can do that will grow the fire of God in your life. It will grow you to be a person. Remember, fire gives light and fire gives warmth. You wanna be a person who gives, sheds light to other people in dark and, and difficult times. You wanna be a type of person that brings warmth and when the world is dark and cold, you need to obey God's word and say, God, I'm gonna live according to your word and according to your ways. And you will be, man, you'll be like the sun, baby, where the sun is a big ball of fire. And you're gonna be like this, a big ball of fire in this world that sheds light and brings warmth all around you. Last verse, then I'm out of your way. Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 9 says this. Jeremiah is a prophet of the Lord. And this is what he said. He said, then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones that I was weary of holding it back that I could not keep silent. He couldn't hold it back. What am I telling you? You need to get the word of God because you're obeying it, you're reading it, you're hearing it so much in your life that you say to people, man, the word of God was like a fire shot up in my bones that I had to live out what God spoke to me. I had to preach it. I had to pray it. I had to worship him. I had to speak in tongues. I had to prophesy. I had to walk it. I had to live it because it's like a fire that is shot up in my bones and that's how I want you to live where the fire of God is greater in you than it is around you because you are a person on fire for God 2020 we need you on fire for God man of God we need you on fire for God woman of God in this season let's worship him in Jesus name Lord I pray right now for every person if you're honest with yourself watching right now Maybe you feel like the fire of God in your life has dwindled. I want to pray for you for God to increase that fire. And I declare over you 2 Timothy 1.6 where he says, Fan into flame the gift of God that is in you that was put there by the laying on of hands. Father, I thank you, Lord, that right now you're touching their lives. In fact, begin to pray and ask God to increase. And I mean this, and I say this out of love. But maybe in January, February, you were more on fire for God than you are right now in September. And during this whole pandemic, the fire that was in your life for God has dwindled a bit. There's no time to let that fire burn out. We need you to be the burning ones, as the Bible says. We need you to, to be the all-consuming fire representation of God on this earth. Because fire, your fire for God produces light and it produces heat, warmth for those around you. God, I thank you right now that you're speaking to people. Increase our fire to worship you, to serve you, and to obey you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come on, if you're watching this right now, I want you to say this. Say, Lord Jesus, increase the fire of God in my life. Say, for there, there comes a, a time, and the day is now. Jesus is here to baptize me with the Holy Spirit and with fire, according to Matthew 3, 11. So baptize me, Lord, with the Holy Spirit and fire. Increase it in this season. Say this, I'm not gonna let things kill my fire. I'm not gonna live in fear. Come on, say, I'm not gonna live in fear. 
I'm not gonna live in pride. I'm gonna humble myself. Say, I'm not gonna live offended, but I'm gonna forgive. Say, I'm not gonna be discouraged, but I'm gonna seek out encouragement. Come on, say it, I'm gonna increase my prayer life. Say, I'm gonna increase my prayer life. Say this, I'm gonna rest. (laughs) Come on, somebody, I'm gonna rest, and I'm gonna take on new challenges. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Come on, let's sing this out. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.